This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community. Through media, narrative, and critical consciousness, I am Riazullah Alikozai. And I'm Madhimita Santana. Tonight, as New Mexico gears up for the 2020 primary elections, we get some important voter information from NM Native Vote. And to celebrate the closing of the holy month of Ramadan, we feature an interview with Alger Sahib Zada Muzaffaruddin, who will share with us the meaning of the holy month of Ramadan. We also have some important community announcements and excellent music chosen by our youth producers, starting with Come Together by The Beatles. of COVID-19, this year's election process faces new challenges for voter participation. New Mexico Native Vote is a 501c4 organization that works to engage Native American voters and build voter engagement to push a Native American agenda. Now, Austin Viaki, political director for NM Native Vote, speaks with Barbara Ramirez about the important information for this year's voting process. This is Barbara Ramirez with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with Austin Wiaki, the political director for NM Native Vote, an organization that works to build a Native American voter blog to promote a Native American agenda. Austin, welcome back to Generation Justice. Thank you very much for inviting me back. Will you please tell us more about yourself? Uh, yeah, so I've been with the uh, organization for, uh, I think, probably about two and a half years now. I've been through a couple of campaigns and worked in campaigns in New Mexico for a long time. Uh, my family's been involved, um, and we, we just transitioned to a new executive director, um, Atsa Chavez, who we're very excited to have on board. We do a lot of uh, electoral work, trying to get people out to the polls and uh, make sure that people, uh, making sure that people get registered to vote and uh, know all the resources at their disposal to make sure that their vote is counted. Thank you. Thank you for being here with us today. You kind of already answered this, but can you tell us more about NM Native Vote and the work that you do? Yeah, so our work actually originated in sacred site protection. Um, we, we've been through a couple of different iterations as an organization. We were stage council back in the early 2000s, uh, where a lot of the work started out in protecting the uh, the petroglyphs from a road going through the, the middle of a sacred site. Unfortunately, that was a battle that we lost uh, in 2005. From there, we decided that, or we realized that electoral politics was one of the major ways that we could um, ensure that a lot of our cultural heritage sites were protected. And more than that, that we could make sure that voting rights and education and environmental rights are all protected. So we, we focus a lot on making sure that people go out to vote, but we also do stuff in the legislative session as well. You know, one of our big 
um, initiatives over the past few years has been payday lending, trying to get that, trying to get the APR cap on that moved down a little bit because a couple years ago there was no cap. But really, a lot of our work came out of sacred site protection um, about 20 years ago, and that's where I first got involved too. So, thank you. How is NM Native Vote working to mobilize Native voters in New Mexico this year? So right now we're actually working in a couple of different ways. So um, it's a it's been a strange year, as everyone knows, with social distancing and you know quarantine and the state being locked down. We're we're doing a lot of phone banking right now. We don't have we haven't typically done a lot of phone banking. We we like to do canvases and get out in the doors and talk to people face to face, but that's not really the times that we're living in right now. So, uh, but we also do voter registration and uh, make sure that people know the resources that they have in order to get registered, to check the registration, to get absentee ballots and, and know all the important dates for when to go out and vote and who's on the ballot. That, that's one of the big things that we're doing um, this, this term. I, I won't talk about um, who specifically we're supporting, but um, we are supporting some individual candidates, and, and we uh, are very proud to be working on some partisan campaigns that, uh, that support specific candidates in the state. Thank you for your answer. Can you explain about the recent New Mexico Supreme Court decision? Okay, so basically, um, I mean, it's a very complicated and pretty annoying thing, I think, for a lot of people here. But basically what happened was the state had wanted, or the Secretary of State had wanted to move to an all-mail election where everybody gets mailed their ballot from the start. And all they have to do is fill it out and send it in, which is not the process that is happening through the absentee ballot. What the Secretary of State wanted to do is remove that extra step where we had to mail out our absentee ballot requests first and just send us the ballot right away. That way we can send that in. Unfortunately, the state election law does not allow for mail-in ballots. And unfortunately, the uh, Supreme Court had a fairly simple answer to that, which is, if it's not in the law, I can't enforce something that's not in the law. Like, you have to have the foresight to know, in the case of an emergency like we have this year, mail-in ballots should be a thing that we should be considering. And depending on what turnout looks like, if it's really disastrous, um, you know, we might look at seeing a mail-in ballot before the November election. Um, it's a little bit doubtful, and hopefully it won't come to that. Hopefully we'll have a good turnout uh, around the board with absentee ballots. But they, the Supreme Court had a pretty easy decision to make, which was the book on the law says that we are not allowed to mail out ballots without the people requesting the ballots. So that's why it's so important for people to request their absentee ballot. Yeah, absolutely. Austin, how does this decision affect native voters or voters in rural areas particularly? So a big part of how it uh, affects rural voters is like fairly simple. So I requested my absentee ballot probably at the tail end of April and I did not get it for 14 days and I live in Albuquerque. And 14 days is a pretty substantially long wait for an absentee ballot. People who don't check their PO boxes so often are going to have a lot more trouble getting their absentee ballot requested and picking up their absentee ballot. 
Um, I was waiting every single day. And as soon as I got it, I filled it out and mailed it back in because I didn't want to have any kind of issue with, with my boat being counted. But it, it's just, it seems like it's going to be the case that a lot of people are just going to miss the opportunity based on time to get their absentee ballot in. You know, it, right now when you're afraid and you have to decide between getting your mail or getting sick, a lot of people are prioritizing, you know, health over going to their PO box to go pick up the mail. So the minimum number of, of times we have to expose ourselves to crowds of people, the better. And, you know, mail-in ballots probably would have done that. Uh, but we're working with what we have right now, which is absentee and trying to make sure that there are still uh, no crowds and that people are, are going and continuing to fill out their absentee ballots, not, you know, sitting in a rush and waiting for the final day to request or the final day to send it back in. Thank you. That's great that you guys are doing all that work to make sure people are safe. Will you give us an update on the important upcoming dates and deadlines that all New Mexican voters should be aware of? Yeah, so there are a couple of dates on the books. The first thing is, you know, uh, we're very happy with how much work the Secretary of State has done to make sure that everyone got mailed an absentee ballot request form. All you have to do is fill that out and send it in. Um, she did that of her own volition. She's not allowed to send out the absentee ballot because of the, uh, the Supreme Court ruling, but she did send out the request form. So everyone should in their mail have received an absentee ballot request form. Um, that is not the actual ballot. It'll you know, allow you to request the actual ballot if you fill it out and send it in. Like I said, I waited for 14 days to get my absentee ballot in the mail. You know, if waits are going to be that long or if they get longer because people are rushing to get in their ballot request at the end, you might potentially be getting your ballot after election day. And we don't want that to happen. The official date on the Secretary of State's website is May 28th, the date for the absentee ballot return. So to return your actual absentee ballot, not the request to return your ballot is probably May 31st, um, depending on how long it takes. Uh, we're seeing issues where, you know, individual pieces of mail are getting moved along uh, very quickly, but bulk mail, stuff like absentee ballots and ballot requests are taking a pretty substantially long time. So if you want to make sure that your ballot is counted and it's like the 31st, you might want to wait and just hold on to it and turn it in at an election day site um, on June 2nd. Thank you for sharing this information. And what are some of the resources that you can point folks to? Um, one of the most useful resources right now is going to be nmvote.org. You don't need www or anything like that. Just type in nmvote.org into your URL bar, and that'll take you to most of the information that you need. Um, it won't really track what's happening with your absentee ballot. I was, like I said, I was frantically scrambling to try to figure out what was happening with my absentee ballot, if I had entered the wrong information. But nmvote.org is going to be a great place for it. Um, another place that's going to have a lot of digital resources for you to figure out what's happening with your absentee ballot or if you need help with filling it out is going to be Progress Now. They're actually finishing up a, a video right now that is going to demonstrate how to fill out the absentee ballot. And it'll be a video. I, I know that, you know, once like the first few questions were pretty easy on the absentee ballot and then you got into like, advice number seven and eight and like the advice got a little bit more um, confusing so it's a little bit helpful to have some media resources that just show you 
here's exactly what it is. It's not that complicated. It's pretty simple, but the language could be cleaned up a little bit. So Progress Now is going to be a great place to get some of that information and nmvote.org is going to be like the premier location for all of your voting stuff. It'll have your polling location, who's going to be on the ballot, when you can expect your ballot. There will be an online request form if you'd prefer to do uh, your request online rather than in the mail. Just a ton of information on there. And, you know, if push comes to shove, it'll also have your polling location, early vote, and um, your election day. A lot of those have shifted. People who typically vote at one place are not going to be able to vote at that place very likely. So it'll have information on the updated polling locations, which is really, really important for tribal communities because a lot of tribal communities have lost their polling location because of the virus. Um, and how can folks find more information about NM Native Vote or their sister organization, Native American Voters Alliance Education Project? So you can go to our website at nmnativevote.org or our uh, C3 partner organization's website, uh, navaeducationproject.org, and that's N-A-V-A, Education Project. Um, and that'll have a lot of information on our program and um, on the C4 side, which is nmnativevote.org, that'll have information on our endorsements and um, some of the work that we've done in the past and, and some pictures from previous campaigns and our mission statement and a lot more information on us. And, and the same goes for our C3, which is NAVA Education Project. And you can always find us on Facebook as well. Uh, NAVA Education Project is a lot more active on Facebook, uh, unfortunately, than the C4 side but uh, hopefully that's looking to change. So give us a like um, and we'll be posting more information there more frequently. Is there anything that you would like to add? So we wanna make sure that everyone is uh, getting the chance to go, to go vote um, and staying healthy while doing so. But we also wanna make sure that people are you know, not crowding the polling locations because the locations have been greatly shrunk down. There, there are just a lot fewer of them so we wanna make sure that everyone is requesting their absentee ballot beforehand. We wanna make sure that people have their ballot in hand before election day and that they're able to send it uh, back with plenty of time. As soon as possible, if you can send it in uh, either today or tomorrow, the 25th is really the most advisable part that, that we can, uh, advice that we can give you. Even if you still have to take it in to make sure that your vote is counted, we wanna make sure that people have their absentee ballot in hand because that'll greatly reduce waiting times. Like I said, the Secretary of State's official last day for ballot request is the 28th, um, but you really, really should try to get it in before that just in case the wait times are, are longer than that, so. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us, Austin. Um, and thank you for sharing this important information with our community. Yeah, thank you. For Generation Justice, I'm Barbara Ramirez. Thank you, Austin Wiyahi, for working to make sure that people vote and have the necessary resources they need. Your work makes a difference in our community. Thank you. To keep folks motivated to fill out those ballots and make their voices heard, we have the song, Voice Your Choice by The Radiance and The Choice Is Yours by Black Sheep. Tell me who do you love? Am I the one? Oh, oh, oh. 
This weekend marked the closing of the holy month of Ramadan and the first day of Eid. Tonight, we'll hear from an elder of our community, Sahib Zada Muzaffaruddin, also known as Saab. Saab is Pakistani and was born in India. He's living here in Albuquerque at the amazing age of 97. Now, we'll hear this telling of what Ramadan is to him. This is Christina Rodriguez with Generation Justice, and today we are talking about Ramadan. Welcome to Generation Justice. Do you mind introducing yourself to us? My name is Saab Zada Muzaffaruddin. They call me Saab. I am 94 years old. I was educated. I was born in a place in India known as Hyderabad Dakkan. United States of America opened the gateway for education for my children and their welfare, their well-being, their growth, and their prosperity. And I'm proud to say that my children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren are doing a wonderful job. So this is my story. I am enjoying life now. I am a soldier. I am fit. I can walk. But I need some help every now and then. Thank you for sharing your story with me and welcoming me into your home. Tell me more about Ramadan. You know, we have got in Islam five pillars. The first pillar is the unity of God. This is called Vedaniyat, singleness of God. God does not like anybody to be his partner. He is almighty, omnipotent, omnipresent. The second pillar of Islam is prayer. And the third pillar is zakat, the charity. And the fourth pillar is fasting. And the fifth pillar is hajj, the pilgrimage to Mecca. Ramadan is the month for the Muslims of the whole world. It's known as the holy month. It is obligatory for all Muslims, except the children at a certain age. You have to be an example, because everybody is fasting. You cannot fight. You cannot lie. If one can practice the discipline of fasting, one will have the self-restraint. It requires exercises spiritual exercises, physical exercises, patience, perseverance, dignity in thinking, in respecting, in moving. So all these things are combined. There are three ten days in the month of Ramadan. The first ten days is the maghfirat. That means Allah forgives people. In the second ten days, it is you pray for your long life and prosperity. And in the third phase, you are again begging Allah for your forgiveness, which you know a person does from time to time. Nobody is free of sin. In the end, Ramadan is marked by a celebration, which is Eid. Prior to the prayer, you give a fitra. Fitra as prescribed by the law of that local country or city or township. So you have to pay before you pray. And this fitra is meant for the poor people who cannot afford. So this is the month of Ramadan. I am fasting. I always fasted. Why we do this? People who complete 
all the five pillars of Islam, they have a place in Jannah, that is the paradise. This life, the present life, is a temporary life. So in the end, I thank you very much for coming in here, listening to me, because very few people talk during Ramadan, because they are fasting, they are reciting Quran, they are praying, and this is our most precious, these are our most precious days in which we want to be as close to Allah, as close to Muhammad, as close to our religion, as close to the human beings who are suffering day and night. We want to help them and help them a lot. There are two types of service we do. One is a service to God. Second service is to the humanity. Both are equal to us because we are accounted for both these things. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you, Mr. Sahibzada, for taking your time to explain what the holy month of Ramadan means to you and Muslims around the world. Thank you, Mr. Sahibzada, for your insight and explanation. It's truly interesting and wonderful to hear. Now, in celebration of Eid and Ramadan, here are two songs by the artist Zain Bika. They are Eidun Sayyid, followed by First We Need the Love, featuring Rashid Bika. celebration and community engagement. We'd like to thank our guests, Austin Viaki and Sahibzada Muzaffir Udin. Tonight's Hour of Radio was produced by Kidri Zuni and Roberta Rael, with audio editing from assistant producer Barbara Ramirez. We want to give a big shout out to all of our youth producers. We cannot do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We're also active on social media. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and check out our playlist on Spotify. Generation Justice is funded by W.K. Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from 
Khan Alma Health Foundation, and of course all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. Our last songs of the night include Ramadan by Nizir Zain, followed by Dhunki by Neha Basin and Wildflowers by Tom Petty. I'm Madhunita Santanam. And I am Rezullah Adikazai. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word. So stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Thank you so much. Happy Eid everyone and have a wonderful night. Keep it.